Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke. It's a, be a familiar verse to some of you. It's found in chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, and then we're going to skip down to, I believe it's 9 and 10. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to a time of trial. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, search and you will find, knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. The Word of God to the people of God. Good morning, church. You still with me? There we go. Thank you for choosing to be with us this morning, whether you're online or you're here in the house. Uh, we're all members of the Good Shepherd family, and we, we want to take a moment this morning to wave at each other and let us know we're here and that we are uh, glad to be here. Because whether you're with us online or you're here in the house, we're all part of the Good Shepherd family. Want us to comment in a comment section of your of your news feed if you're online or if you just want to shout out, that's welcome too. Uh, I'm Pastor Regina, for those of you who may not know, and uh, I'm glad you chose to be with us this morning. Over the last several weeks, that I can tell that cord is going to trip me up before this is over, so I'm going to move over here. Uh, we, 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 this last few weeks, we, uh, we've learned to listen, to see, and to act. Ancient prophets have shared with us the stories that we've applied to, to our, our faith, these somewhat uncomfortable lessons. We've applied them to our current faith journeys, to as individuals, uh, as a faith community, and as the Big C Church. We are focused on new things that, that God has in store for Good Shepherd, on our ability to actively wait as, as well as our ability to put our words into action. Now today we hear about a means by which all of these ta- things take place. That's prayer. There's power in prayer, folks. Prayer is direct communication with God and it takes on many forms. Prayer is essential. It's an essential element in our ability to hear God's voice and to follow God's direction. There's no right or wrong way to pray, contrary to popular belief. But we do have, however, have several models by which to formulate our prayers. In our scripture reading this morning, we find Jesus stealing away for for some prayer time. His disciples followed him and found him and asked to be taught to pray. And we find in the following scriptures a model of how to pray. Not a right and only way to pray, but just a, a model that has essential elements that, that should be included in prayer. A standard for prayer, so to speak, that can, as we form our prayers. We often refer to this prayer as the Lord's Prayer. Now, too often in worship, we, we have these, uh, this element tends to, to become rote in our memory as we pray it. It's difficult for us to start in the middle and know what comes next. Try it sometime. It's not easy. But this prayer is one that brings comfort. And it may be the only prayer that we can think of in times of crisis or total fatigue. 
Many times as it's prayed, I hear the inflection of my parents as, as I listen to this prayer being said in corporate worship as I stood in that church pew to get a better view of what was going on. Now we've prayed this prayer already this morning, but hear it again as, as words are read and some visuals are going to appear on the screen. And, and think back to when you heard this first prayer and insert your own visuals as it comes together. Now you'll find from time to time, I like to, to uh, have a sermon that's based on a kid's book. I'm still a kid at heart, so I love to be read to. So you're going to have the visuals up here and I'm going to read it to you. But hear these words in, uh, by Tim Ludwig. Our Father in heaven, how would be your name? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We talk about the power of prayer and how prayer is active active communication with our Creator. Prayer is foundational to our faith journey and and the means by which we communicate our deepest thoughts, our concerns, our needs, and our desires. The Lord's Prayer is a standard prayer that is heard in many settings, religious or not, when a prayer is requested or needed. This prayer, the Lord's Prayer, we read about in our sermon uh, text this morning, is given to Jesus' disciples as they ask to be taught to pray. We also find this prayer in Matthew's Gospel in the 6th chapter, verses 7 through 14. It's the only example in Scripture of Jesus teaching the contents of a specific prayer. The disciples learn to pray this prayer or to at least follow a pattern of this prayer as they listen to Jesus pray it and, and to him listen to him teach the importance of authentic prayer and forgiveness as it comes through prayer. Jesus emphasized that the manner in which we pray is as, is as important as the words that we say. Prayer is about talking to God, not about the fanfare that surrounds it. Prayers don't have to be flashy, only sincere. Now let's look at this prayer that I just read and break it down and break its contents down so, so it becomes a model for our prayers. Not just because we say it a lot, not just because we have it memorized, not just because it's familiar and comforting, but because it gives us a framework by which all of our communication with our Creator can take place. Our prayer can follow this pattern no matter what content they take as we make our conversation with God personal and authentic. The Lord's Prayer begins with these words, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This pattern 
And this phrase honors God and God's sovereignty. All prayers don't have to begin with these words or with these fra- this phrase, but with an acknowledgement of to whom we speak and to the divine, all-powerful, and unmatched seed of reverence God takes in our lives. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it, on earth as it is in heaven. With this phrase, we speak to our desire to live out God's kingdom here and now and acknowledge our yearning to be included in God's kingdom to come. We recognize that our lives and our choices allow God's will to take priority in our lives. Do we always accomplish these lofty goals? Of course not. But when we genuinely genuinely pray these similar words, we express our willingness to honor God and to live within God's divine plan for humanity. Can we do better? Of course. I challenge each of us to to pray this prayer this week and, and to be reminded of how we honor God and how we acknowledge God's authority in our life. Now at this point in the prayer, Jesus turns to instruction to a practical need in our lives. Give us this day our daily bread. As Jesus asks for daily bread, he acknowledges the reality of an agrarian, that word's tough to say, agrarian society in which the first hearers are living. Now, we may not live in an agrarian society today, but we still need provisions of food and water and shelter. Many of us take these for granted until they become scarce or destroyed in some way. We hear a lot about supply chains issue and we as Americans are experiencing in some settings. We experience delays and, and lack of workers or lack of availability of some items that we need in our daily lives. Now there are contributing factors to this dilemma which began long before we felt the effects. In reality, these delays and unavailability will last longer than we really would expect or that we would like. However, most of us, most of us will not be adversely affected by the lack of goods. We may be inconvenienced because we cannot get what we want as immediately as we've grown accustomed to receiving it. We may not even have as many choices of brands or flavors or designs, but I venture to guess that we will not have to go without whatever we want. We would just need to be patient. It will be available in some form. I stand on this belief that if if what we desire is truly a need, then God will provide for some available means. Yes, this statement may sound a, a bit egotistical or pious, but it is a statement of faith in that God will provide for our daily needs. And forgive us our trespasses. Jesus speaks here of of debt forgiveness. Another reminder of the first century financial system and the need for debt release. This system was insurmountable for the majority of the people. Only the wealthy and elite religious leaders, most of which were imposing the debt, were exempt from a debtor's lifestyle. The common person lived indebted to a landowner, a religious system or a governmental authority for basic survival. Jesus came to pay that debt and to offer the ability to live debt-free, maybe not in a practical or financial sense, but most definitely in a religious and spiritual sense. Many of us today may be in more, more financial debt than we would like to admit. 
Our society runs on, a, on the debt of others. Many are overwhelmed as they try to exist in a world where, where debt is the norm and it's, and it's difficult to achieve financial security. Unconditional forgiveness of debt is foreign to our understanding and to the understanding of our first century brothers and sisters. Yet here, here Jesus is asking for debt release, forgiveness of things that we've done to others or a situation that we've got ourselves into without penalty, retribution, or remembrance. It's hard for us to understand. But the next line gives us some context for this forgiveness. As we forgive those who trespass against us, while our, forgiveness, while our forgiveness is unconditional, our forgiveness of others is tied directly to, our, to God's forgiveness for us. We must be willing to forgive the debt of others that others owe to us, financial or otherwise, if we want that same forgiveness from God. The forgiveness given to us will be measured by the forgiveness that we give to others. It's a hard fact for us to hear, and it's a harder lesson for us to learn. To earnestly pray this prayer may be one of the most difficult things that we ever do. We will not always get forgiveness right. But we can rest assured that God's love for us is enough to forgive us and to help us along the way to learn to forgive others and more importantly, to forgive ourselves. The lines and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil ask for God's protection from temptation. It doesn't say that we will not face temptation, but that we long to be delivered from our bent to succumbing to the temptations of life that exist. We are all tempted to do something that is not in our best interest every day. It may be as simple as being tempted for, to take that extra Snickers bar, or it may be as life-altering as the lure of drugs alcohol, extramarital affairs or pornography, or a host of other temptations that are present in our evil, broken world. The beauty of this phrase, this call out to God, is that at any time, God will hear our cry and deliver us from the availability of the temptation, but not from the capability of not, not from the availability of this temptation, but from the capability of us falling prey to it. Now this basic pattern of prayer called the Lord's Prayer gives us all we need to pattern our conversation with God. Now our modern uh, additions to the prayer, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, ends the prayer where it began in praise and glory to God and for all that God has done, is doing, and will do in our lives. Prayer is a habit that we as followers of Christ should emulate and practice. There are no special words or correct way to prayer. But we have in today's scripture reading a pattern, not a word-for-word -word declaration. We are called to participate in a practice that the disciples desire and Jesus modeled for our own communication with God. It can be simple, elaborate, ongoing, or intermittent. Pa prayer is powerful and keeps us connected with God along our faith journey. John Bunyan is quoted as saying, Prayer will make a man cease from sin, or sin will entice a man to cease from prayer. 
We must pray to avoid the pitfalls that are present along our pathway. I read an analogy that reminded me of the importance of continued prayer. If you've ever relied on a well pump for water, you understand the importance of constant use, don't you? If a pump is frequently used, it takes little effort for that water to pour out. The first stroke allows the water to flow because the water's high in the well. Now, if a pump's not been used for a while, the water comes forth only after great effort because the well is, or the water gets low. Prayer is the same way. If we are constant with prayer in our lives, every little circumstance awakens the need to pray. The re- readily, we readily formulate the words that are needed. But if we neglect prayer, it's difficult for us to pray when the need arises because the words are hard to find. Be encouraged to keep your prayer pump primed so that your conversation with God remains flowing and your relationship free from rust. May today's pattern of prayer assist us as we strive to connect with our Creator in a new and refreshing way. May this standard of faith that we call the Lord's Prayer become part of us that guides us as we continue to grow in the faith through acts of prayer. As Good Shepherd, we're focused on listening, seeing, and acting as God speaks, shows, and directs. And Luke 11, 9 through 10 admonishes us to ask God for what we need, to seek God's will in all we do, and knock on God's door for acceptance and entrance into the kingdom. We are promised that if we ask, seek, and knock, which is the action part, we will receive answers to our questions find solutions to our dilemmas, and many doors of possibilities will be opened along life's journey. Will we get what we need? Will we get what we want when we want it and the way we want it? Will we always understand how our actions or the actions of God play out in our lives? No. But we will receive answers if we earnestly pray. The answer may be yes, it may be no, It may be wait, but the answers will come if we are faithful to ask, seek, and knock. Receiving, finding, and open doors is connected to our commitment to to pray and to stay in communication with God. Sometimes we speak. Sometimes we listen. Oftentimes we watch and wait for answers. But every time, every time God is faithful to hear God's children, every time God is faithful to act, Every time we find in God the open doors of acceptance, guidance, and unconditional love, may we pray. May we pray using the model by which Jesus taught us to pray. May we find answers as we ask, seek, and step through the open doors of possibility as individuals, as, a gracious, as, as Good Shepherd United Methodist Church, that God provides for us. May we be faithful in prayer as we move through the future at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church. Thanks be to God. As our musicians come back to the stage, let us think about ways in which we can pray this week for ourselves, for our church, and for others.
So reflect on Pastor Gina's message as we sing together a simple gospel. Lord, we come to you and rejoice in your presence in our lives. May we go from this place into the world and share your presence with others. Amen.